1: It's 10 minutes after 8 and thank you so much for tuning in. So uh, this morning we're following on from a conversation that started last week uh, about uh, the Herero genocide in Namibia and we promised that we would continue and uh, we are doing exactly that this morning and we also said that what we would do is to focus somewhat on the issue of uh, reparations and especially how it pertains uh, to this particular situation in Namibia, but also looking at what happened in South Africa in this particular context. And uh, the Herero genocide, uh, widely regarded as the first genocide of the 20th century in a precursor to the Holocaust tens of thousands of Herero and Nama people were driven into the Namibian desert to die of starvation uh, dehydration and others were sent to concentration camps where they died of disease and abuse and uh, many of the victims also were beheaded uh, some of their skulls sent to Germany for scientific experiments uh, Namibian authorities planned uh, to join the case against Germany demanding uh, 30 billion US dollars in reparations. So this morning we pick up where we left off last week and uh, welcome once again, um, Esther. Esther, say your surname again before I butcher it, please. <laughs> Esther there, Esther. Nyangwe. Yeah, Thank you so much, um, Esther Muyangwe, a Herero activist and lecturer in social work in the Faculty of Human Science at the University of Namibia. Uh, Really appreciate you making the time to speak to us about this very important matter. And this morning we're joined also here in our Joburg studio by Dr. Marjorie Jobson, a National Director of the Kulumani Support Group. Uh, Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you, Sakina, and good morning to Esther.
2: Thank you. So, Good morning to you. For
1: Esther, you know, we got great response uh, from uh, last week's show where you mm-hmm. were telling us about uh, the atrocities of uh, the Herrero and Nama genocide. And uh, this morning, we moving this conversation along, uh, talking about uh, the reparations, the demands mm-hmm. that are being made to try and appease in some way the uh, uh, people of Namibia for those atrocities. So can you just walk us through uh, what the demands are at the moment?
2: Okay, um, I think there is something that I need to make clear because in your introduction you mentioned the Namibian government taking the German government and demanding 30 billion US dollars. Now I want to make clear that Our Genocide Foundation, together with our traditional leadership, are not part of that. Um, I I need to give a little bit of background for people to understand why I'm saying that. Mm, Please. Yes. In 2006, one of the traditional leaders who was a member of the Namibian parliament, Um who tabled a motion which was adopted in the Namibian parliament, which stated that there should be talks or negotiations between the German government and representatives of the affected communities, which are the Nama and Herero communities. Of course, with our government as an interested party so we were not talking about a dialogue but a trilogue if one can call it as such mm-hmm. a tripartite where you have three parties and this was adopted and supported by our government then two three years back our our government moved from that one and they started telling us that this is an issue between the government to government so it's it's the namibian government and the German government negotiating on behalf of the Namibians. Now, the the problem that we have here is that the Namibian government, as well as the German government, are talking about atrocities. We are talking about genocide. We are saying the two groups were the Hereros and Namas. Our two governments are saying every Namibian was affected. That is where we differ, point number one. Two, we are saying we should be part of the discussions and negotiations because we are the only ones who feel the pain that our communities are experiencing. So there we have a problem. And now the two governments have started and they are in the process and they should have concluded this talks last year, December, they did not conclude, I don't know why, but because they excluded us from these discussions, we approached lawyers in the U.S. that are now taking up the case with the German government. So I just wanted to make clear that we are not part of the 30 billion U.S. dollars that we are hearing that in the newspapers.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very important uh, clarification mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So, so, so essentially um, what you are saying is that the affected people are now being marginalized in these discussions.
2: Exactly, exactly. And, and, and our point is also that we, don't, we see the process as being flawed. The German government is the perpetrator. Let's, let's say, for example, the person is the rapist or the murderer. But you are the one to decide whether you rape raped or not. And should you find yourself to be guilty, you are still the one deciding as to what should be the, the verdict, what should be the punishment that I can give myself. So that, from, for us, the process is not fair at all, it, it's not genuine, and that is why we are rejecting the talks between the two governments currently.
1: And have you had opportunity to engage with your
2: own government in this regard? We tried several times. We wrote several letters to our governments. The last time we met with the vice president um, was 2015 in March. And that is when we were told that this is a government-to-government issue, Um We have structures that the government has put up. We have um, appointed um, a special envoy in the name of Dr. Zed Gaviru, and the German government also have appointed a special envoy. So these two people will negotiate on behalf of the two governments. So we tried several times to engage our government and to tell our governments that Besides the the resolution taken in the Namibian Parliament, we are also aware of international conventions that give us the right to represent ourselves and to talk on our own behalf. But all this has been ignored. Yeah.
1: Marjorie Jobson, um, you know, listening to uh, what Esther is saying, and, and, and perhaps uh, we could start off by just reminding um, our listeners about our own situation here in South Africa uh, when there was an attempt uh, to actually get reparations from uh, multinational companies here, um, from people here in South Africa.
3: Sakina, this is a very, very interesting um to hear that you know the struggles of the Namibian people, the Herero and the Nama- Name in Namibia, because there are so many parallels with our struggles here, where we also have a government that has debated in Parliament what reparations should look like in South Africa, delivered a minimalist um, approach to reparations, excluded the majority of the direct victims and their children and grandchildren. So I see many, many parallels. Our attempt was to get some kind of investment in repairing the lives of the direct victims of crimes committed by apartheid perpetrators and by doing that through suing multinationals using the same statute that um the case for the Herrera and nama is using, and I hope that they have a more success than we had because our problem was choosing the multinationals because we believed our government was intent on embracing this very important struggle. it is actually becoming one of the most important struggles for justice globally um, in the 21st century because you can trace back to slavery to colonialism to racial apartheid the the, the damages that has been done to Actually, particular groups of people, and I think this is really important that Esther highlights. About um, 75,000 Herero were massacred, where there was a genocide, something like 50,000 Nama people, and the directly affected people are the people who should be engaging face-to-face with the German government, and to exclude them is a gross injustice. We have sought to engage our government all the time on reparations for those most affected, and we get the same response that Mm -hmm. all black South Africans were affected by apartheid. But we said but there were certain atrocities that need specific remedies. So we we feel very strongly in support of your approach to this struggle, Mm -hmm. Esther,
1: and is then, it, of course, very much. inevitably, it 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 mm-hmm. it brings uh, the the debate around Black Lives Matter, because uh, inevitably, people will uh, talk about the Holocaust and the reparations that were made okay. for that. Mm-hmm. So, why mm-hmm. not in this instance? Um, is it okay. because the victims are black? Because that is one of the arguments that people will put forward, uh, Marjorie. Mm-hmm. We're faced with that all the time, especially
3: when we work with certain government officials who say, well, you know, I am a black South African. All black South Africans suffered under the apartheid regime. And we find that a, a very um, distracting and, um, argument and one that denies the reality of who carried the greatest cost of all of these atrocities.
1: Well, thanks so much uh, for tuning in this morning and we're talking um, about the Herero genocide and uh, this morning focusing on reparations and also looking at uh, the South African situation and our guest uh, Esther Muyangui who is a lecturer and a Herero activist and a lecturer in uh, social work in the Faculty of Human Science at the University of Namibia and in studio with me is Dr. Marjorie Jobson National Director at the Kulumani support group. And uh, we are taking your calls and we'll get to them in just a moment. So read some of the messages. Kakisho says SK, is it possible that here in South Africa, the Netherlands could pay especially uh, for the massacred koi?" Sergio Banquin says, the topic today on the forum uh, with the tension in the country right now, you should have done it another day That's my humble opinion. Well, you you see, it will always be another day. There will always be a reason why the timing is not right, Sergio. Uh, KB says, post-liberation governments are always against reparations. Same nonsense post-TRC. And Khomotsu Ntu says, aren't the figures uh, too high to demand? Are the Namibians confident that they will emerge victorious?
2: Esther? Yes, thank you very much. Before I answer whether we are confident, uh, I want to make a, to respond to what you just said before we went on to break. The fact that um, the black life, um, comparing our genocide to the Holocaust, and that is exactly what we are saying. That in the case of the Jewish, it was also a tripartite. The discussions took place between. The state of Israel, the, the the government of Germany, and 23 groups that represented the Jewish people from all over the globe. So, and we are saying, the model is, uh, is there. The precedent has been already created by the same German government. Why are they treating our case different from the Holocaust? And mind you that last year, in October, our group met with Mr. Pollens, who is the special envoy from the German side. And you know what he told us? He said that we should stop comparing our genocide with the Holocaust. Because in the case of the Holocaust, they killed a lot, six million of Jewish for us, that was like a slap in the face mm. because it's not about the number. It's about the intent. So even if you were five hereros and your intent was to wipe them all off out of the face of this world and you killed three and only two remained, that is genocide because the intent was there. So it is true that we are being ignored because we are Africans. We are black, we are a minority group, for that matter, in the media as well. To come to the question whether we are confident whether we will win the case or not, at the moment I can say, you know, that is up to the court now to, to, to play its role and to decide. But I think we are exercising our rights to speak for ourselves, And also to seek support somewhere else if you feel like you are being marginalized and treated as if you are not existing. So that is what I can say at the moment. But we are confident, of course, if you have a case which is now judice, you you leave it in the hands of your lawyer and see what, what the outcome would be.
1: Yeah. Well, we are speaking to Esther Muyangui, who's an Herero activist and a lecturer, and also Dr. Marjorie Jobs director at the Kulumani Support Group, talking about reparations the following on on last week's discussion about the Herero and Nama genocide. So uh, let us hear what your views are. 0891 104 208. in
2: Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Degena. Good morning. Um, I'm a student of transitional justice and one of the things that confuses me the most when we talk about harm and uh, measuring, you know, how much is supposed to be going to certain people is how is it supposed to be measured Um, in terms of the fact that certain people are can you hear me? We,
1: uh, we just lost you. Tell you what, uh, Tozama, we'll try and get you back. Because uh, I'm very interested in where you are going with this. Uh, Colin in Cape Town, good morning.
4: Good morning, Sekina. Good morning to your guest. Welcome. Uh, uh, can you hear me?
1: We can hear you, Colin.
4: Continue. Yeah. And you know, uh, your uh, you one guest, now, uh, I just spoke just now. <clears throat> not, uh, not the one from the Libya, the other one. You know, uh, it's quite happening. They're always talking about um, the blacks that were uh, oppressed and all those things. She mentioned now in apartheid days, but she doesn't even mention about how many colored people and how many Indian people and a little bit of white people were also oppressed during apartheid. It wasn't only the blacks. It was coloreds and Indians also. We must not get to mention nice people. Can I mean, only mention the black people. The black people. Thank you, Sakina.
1: Thank you so much, uh, Colin uh, Eunice in Cape Town. Good morning.
4: Hi. Good morning, Sakina. Uh, I think this President when, gonna, when this organization will win, I hope they will, and they have to put strong case and call all to all Namibians for the support. So they, it will open the, the the road to other. Other nations, I'm from Poland, six million Polans were murdered by Germans. And nothing happened. no reparation, nothing happened. Only the Israelis, only the Jews, people were paid. So I wish them all the best, and I think we shouldn't rely rely on government, because government to the government, they talk, talk, and do nothing. The people should stand up the same as our our people from South Africa. Organize each other and ask and demand reparation, at least financial reparation for for the people, for the atrocity, for the crime that that the oppressor do to us.
1: Thank you so much. I think that was Janusz in Cape Town. We are talking about uh, the Nama and Herero genocide that we started uh, talking about last week. Following on that conversation, we're focusing on reparations this morning and also uh, putting a South African slant on it with Dr. Marjorie Jobson, who's the National Director of the Kulumani Support Group, and uh, joining us uh, this morning, as she did last week, uh, Esther Muyangui, who's a Her- an Herero activist, and also a lecturer in social work at the Faculty of Human Science at the University of Namibia. So many, many calls coming through. But before we go to those, maybe we can just uh, respond to the few calls that we did take uh, before the news break. Uh, Esther, would you like to start? Yeah,
2: maybe I would... um, Thank you, Sakina. Maybe I would love to comment on the last speaker, I think, who was talking about... The, the the issue of government to government that it, it is not working and it will not work and that it is important for the indigenous groups to organize themselves and group themselves and um, you know seek solidarity not only in their own countries but internationally as well and and work you know very actively on issues that are affecting them because when it comes to governments they are protecting one another they get into bilateral agreements, and you know this diplomacy and and stuff, and, and that is exactly the, our experience here in Namibia as well. Mind you that Germany is always saying that Namibia is the is the is the biggest recipient or receive the biggest portion of, of development aid from Germany. And every time they are saying, because we have a special relationship with Namibia, we are asking them, can we define this special relationship? Why is it special? Why is Germany not having a special relationship with South Africa, for example? It's obvious that special relationship is because of the history, the the, the 1904 up to 1908, that they don't want to talk about that they just want to keep it under the table and that is why they are man- there is this also the political manipulation if one can call it like that where the one government is trying to manipulate the other by providing you know development aid so and that manipulation you know you you will end up being marginalized mm. and even if these two governments Conclude whatever they are talking about and discussing. We are still remaining in the position and conditions in which we find ourselves today. So it will not bring any change. We will not benefit from anything. That is why we feel we should be part of the process and influence the outcome of that process. Mm.
1: And um, uh, Dr. Jobson?
3: And um, is I. I agree with you. Um, When you look at the history of the Herero and Nama genocide, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people were basically dispossessed of their land. They Mm -hmm. had um, very good livelihoods as owners of livestock. Um, Mm -hmm. They were forced into debt. And then there was this drive from the German imperial government Mm -hmm. to expand their access to living space, but at the cost Mm -hmm. of the indigenous people. So I Mm -hmm. think... um, you know, we sit in South Africa with incredible levels of inequality and wealth disparity, mm-hmm. and if you mm-hmm. take account of where, how do you track that back, you can see mm-hmm. it is the result of colonization and mm-hmm. apartheid racial policies, mm-hmm. and I'm not excluding colored and Indian people. I think for all groups of people, there are special accounts to be taken. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I agree that affected people have to be in the forefront of negotiations because mm-hmm. governments welcome getting budgets for what they call development. But there are specific yeah. needs like public health needs, psychological rehabilitation, exactly. special education, restoration of livelihoods and livestock, mm. all of these particular mm. things, um, restoring the pride in the children of people who have suffered in knowing yes. their proud heritage their african you know their african history cultural yes. institutions all these specific things that actually need a dedicated foundation to receive the money mm-hmm. not to be given into the general coffers of a government because I that think. that money will evaporate and it will not deliver <laughs> the restoration of people. Mm. Mm. can't help
1: but mm. think about some of the causes that people have brought up. You think about um, hashtag fees must fall and... Reparations could have taken care of that, uh, you know. I'm just thinking out loud, but I want to hear your views on all of this. Oh eight nine one one zero four two oh eight, and I see we have um, Advocate Dumisa and on the line. Good morning.
5: Hey, good morning, Mr. Good morning, everybody listening.
1: Good morning, Advocate. <laughs> Advocate andbeza you were also um you know in addition to being a former trc commissioner uh, you also represented um uh, people in this uh, in, in the case that was brought by South africans uh, to try and get reparations from uh, multinationals um, abroad so talk to us about that process
5: yes um as marjorie will uh, will will confirm. I represented a group of plaintiffs uh, and the other co-plaintiffs in the southern district of New York uh, in a case that went Mm. backwards and forwards from 2002 to 2014-15, I think. Um, Marjorie uh, was representing or she stood for clients called Kulumani. And what strikes me about the you know, the that case, and, and the Namibian people's case, is the fact that, you know, it was the South African government, in our case, which at one stage filed papers in the southern district of New York, in which they opposed the South African plaintiffs from getting the relief that they were seeking on the basis, which was the spurious basis, and in fact, the plaintiffs managed to get all the commissioners, including the Archbishop Delmon Tutu, to, to, to deny what they were putting before the uh, New York court. The South African government filed papers to say, we as South Africans and South African plaintiffs had no business being in the New York courts, because the South, African, South Africans had dealt with this issue in the TRC. We had no business then uh, suing uh, corporate. Now to start with, it was not true that the South African TRC had dealt with it. We in the TRC had made recommendations of actions that ought to have been taken by way of reparations, against corporates. You will know that we had advocated as the commission, the TRC, uh, an imposition of wealth tax. We had actually uh, made a recommendation that the reparations should go on for six years at the rate of more or less 2500 lines a month for six years, not as compensation, but as a gesture of uh, what people who had identified themselves as victims should be given by way of restoring their dignity. You know the South African government rejected all those recommendations, especially recommendations to take action against corporates. They rejected them out of hand. Now we realize that we are not going to get any relief from the South African government. We go to New York because there is this New York, TOTS Act uh, a statute that made provision for us to be able to sue in a foreign court if we are alleging international human rights violations. We go on with our business there. The South Africans come and oppose it. So it is striking that a government like Namibia plays in exactly the same way as the South African government plays in our case. And what is, you know, depressing about this whole thing is that these governments are governments that are headed by organizations or parties, political parties that came out of the liberation movement. Mm-hmm. Far from them opposing the rules that are sought in foreign courts, you would expect them to actually support them, but they didn't. So I'm not surprised at the Namibian government's uh, attitude. If there is something about governments which should be investigated, as to why they will not proceed against corporates, especially, making the it is clear why they will not do so, instead of them allowing the law to take its own course. Yes. Yeah
1: well advocate Nsebeza thank you so much uh, and and, uh, much to chew on there because I think uh, often we forget especially in these cases of reparation some people are not even aware um, that uh, there were these cases brought uh, by South Africans some people are just totally oblivious to that Uh, so it's good to remind ourselves every now and again and this Namibian situation reminds us that we have been here but uh, let me take more calls Uh, but before I do Esther just have you learned anything from the South African experience uh, in your approach to these courts?
2: Um, I'm happy that uh, the, the advocate also mentioned the Alien Tort Statute because that is one of the uh, conventions that is being applied in our case. And also with, uh, what is that, do they call it the UN declaration on the rights of the indigenous people or something like that. Yeah, what I I was also not that much aware of this uh, South Africa itself, but what we learned from South Africa especially in, immediately after your independence was the establishment of the TRC. Because we were hoping that we will have something similar in Namibia. But of course, it did not happen. We were told um, we have a policy of national reconciliation, forget the past, move on, and so on. And that could have been very important because I think one of the callers also mentioned the psychological impact of, of, of genocide and war of crimes on communities. And I think that is one thing, that governments also forget that if, in a case where we did not have a TRC, so if you allow representatives of the affected communities to be part of the process, that is also somehow therapeutic because people are venting and and, and they will talk about how their communities are affected. And I think, and I believe that If if that can be allowed or you create such platforms, people will will heal emotionally and then you can talk about true reconciliation, which will lead to peace and nation building. You cannot talk about reconciliation without justice and justice cannot prevail without the involvement of those people who were affected. Yeah.
1: Thank you. And uh, let's take some calls. I want to come back to that issue of justice, but I'll note it and I'll ask uh, Marjorie Mm -hmm. to note it as well. Billy is calling from Port Elizabeth. Morning, Billy.
4: Morning, SK. Welcome. I'll try and be quick. I'll try and be brief. Somewhere in the Bible, there's a guy called Zacchaeus. Uh, Before he could repent, he said he will first give back what he stole from the poor. Before any negotiations can start, he told us to Jesus. He wants to give back four times of what he stole from the poor. Now, using that analogy, with the Nama and the Herorists, to me and you, they are human beings like me and you. But Sakina, the narrative is that the Nama and the Herorists are not human beings in the narrative. Okay? That is why the German government and the Namibian government does not want a star- and her group to be involved because they are not perceived as human beings in the narrative. Mm. And Totaluat Lushaba from UCT will back me up in this. Sakina, if I want to know how you feel, I have to ask you. I can't know how you feel without involving you, right? So on an ethical dimension, we need three ethics work in tripartite. The ethics of ethics, that is, both sides must be heard and Mr. Misan Sadez, who just you spoke to, will tell you about the critique, that both sides must be hit out of the rampartem rule. The second ethics, uh, Sakina, is the ethics of care. You must show care between the two or protagonists that are involved in the matter. And lastly, the ethics of justice. Justice must be done having taken care of the two ethical dimensions, the critique and the ethics of care. Thank you
1: very much, Thank you so much, Bali NPE. Jeff is in Mpumalanga.
4: Morning, Jeff. Good morning, Sagina. Welcome. Yeah. Sagina, I sympathize with uh, Nama and um, the other people of Namibia for their dispossession of their land. And uh, I'd like one day to discuss the issue uh, that happened in the Eastern Cape. Uh, around Queenstown area, the area of Amachachu, where their land was taken away by the British government. And uh, George Cuthcart, on a strike of a pen, depossessed Amachachu, and they were killed for that matter. Even some of the, the farms were taken and given to the British settlers that arrived in 1820 in South Africa. And uh, if uh, we want to correct the wrongs of the past, we must uh, give back the land that was taken uh, by force through the battle of a gun. I don't know why there's a cry today, even if when some people say, you know, those, those lands were not bought. They were just taken away. And people were left uh, desperate, uh, uh, to die of hunger and starvation. And uh, we are thankful to the people like Professor Jeff Perez and Professor N. Majors and people like Aubrey Somana who are resuscitating the history of Amachachu in the area of the northern eastern frontier, where in the eastern cave we fought about ten frontier wars of dispossession. Those reparations, the people must be given back their land. In order to heal the wounds of the past, was okay. our forefathers went to their graves in bitter.
1: Thank you so much, Jeff and Mpumalanga. Cyril and
4: Coxstad, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, morning Satina. Hi, Cyril. Can you hear me? Clearly? Yes, yes, Satina. Yes, what an interesting topic, Satina. I'm a Greek from uh, South Africa, Coxstad is Greek And you uh, remember that the umbrella with Khoisan... Uh, covers the five groups, Nama, Greekwa, Koi, San, and the Korana. Now, we will be doing injustice for me just to phone in. Uh, we need ample time, and we are still trying for a platform to address this issue of land, and we are talking, we're hearing about Germany now. What about Britain? You know, this is, these are recorded. they are recorded in the archives of South Africa. It's recorded in London. It, this is not something that at the start of our time. Uh, we need a platform so that we can discuss this in detail reparation what about britain what about the first indigenous groups of south africa that's all i want to say and maybe we can have a comment from your guest in the studio but we need a platform and we need
0: it desperately thank you very much
1: thank you so much uh, cyril and Sigin randberg good morning
0: Good morning. Thank you very much, Sakina. Sakina, I think you should speak to the German ambassador. Uh, I'm sure he would go along with me. I'm a German, by the way. eh? Uh, 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 I'm sure he would be as outraged as everybody else. As all of Germany unanimously would be outraged today over that Herero's genocide if the Germans ever got to know about it. And yes, uh, I, I, I tweeted uh, uh, to the Deutsche Welle uh, about this, but of course uh, uh, I, I was even thinking about tweeting all the, all the German newspapers as well, but it doesn't really, uh, it, it's difficult to penetrate uh, after so many years of history, in which was that the world wasn't the same it is today. And, and and corporates always, by the way, I wanted to tell to the advocate in Cibesa, corporates never were in business to commit hum, uh, human outrages. They were in business for business. And that is the difficulty with the Americans about this. But yes, we should try and compensate everybody for the outrages that were committed. And, and as for the Germans and the Herreros, I wanted to just point out that the Germans at the moment have a massive commitment of trying to stave off a huge uh, tsunami, a massive uh, wave that is sweeping Europe with refugees from Africa who will climb on anything that floats to to get to Sicily and to Lesbos uh, in order to invade Europe, to get away from the horrific uh, things that are happening in Africa. And the Germans are committed to trying to stem this because they can't cope with it either so so there are lots of priorities that are conf- conflicting and but justice we must all strive to 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 uh, uh, do justice to in south africa as well and gee i still think of these poor people who were shot down in soweto trains by 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 uh, hirelings uh, uh, of of, 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 of a, a really atrocious regime thanks very much.
1: Thank you so much, Sig and Randberg. Dr. Marjorie, let's start with you. So thank you, Jeff, for your
0: clarity
3: in expressing the problem of the dispossession by settler that happened in settler colonies. It's a reality in South Africa and in Namibia, and we have barely begun to redress the consequences of forced dispossession of people's land it is one of our most burning issues and justice demands that we settle these accounts that were incurred by our colonial ancestors. I think um, Cyril um, speaks of the Korana, the Griqua, the Nama and the Khoisan who are crying for a platform about their land dispossession as well and I'm very grateful to see the number of Identified Khoisan groups who are actually opening blogs, who are going to the Constitutional Court, who are organizing to assert their voice. Um, a lot of the land claims that have been settled have been settled over land that they originally lost, which compounds the problem. And we, there is no way to solve this without engaging it, without denial, without, um, you know, avoiding the issue. I think Esther was saying, Um, don't just move on, that will never work face up to our histories reclaim our histories, restore people's pride in the fact that the Nama and the Herero, first the Nama stood up and said you are not going to continue to take our land from us and then the Herero uh, entered into this conflict in Namibia and that was an extraordinary um, stand that people made people in South Africa made very similar stands but we haven't resolved the injustices that resulted from these colonial settlers. Mm. Someone
1: someone spoke about the narrative, and I think that is such a crucial point. Um, You look at the language that we use to describe what has happened. uh, When you talk about um, an atrocity as opposed to a genocide, that is by no means the same thing.
3: Yes, I think that was Esther making that point very, very clear. There's an enormous amount of discomfort in Germany if you confront them with the realities of this Herero genocide. And one of the things that happened was the removal of people's heads and these skulls that are sitting on people's mantelpieces across Germany, which was to try and prove a racial theory of an inferior race, a subhuman race, which I think... Um, Sura was referring to or, or Sig as as the narrative that has to change. That all lives are of equal worth and equal value, and that is the demand of justice. And all these accounts have to be settled going forward. And Esther,
2: yes, thank you very much. And I also need to thank you for creating this platform. I'm so excited, you know, listening to all the remarks and comments that people are making, and. Um, it was also nice having um, Marjorie in the, in the studio as well. And I think it's about time that we find time, the Kulumani support group there, or the Hero Genocide um, Foundation, then the Nama Genocide Technical Committee, we, we need to, 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 to meet physically now and, and see how we can support one another and take it further. Because I think this is a case that it's not up to the group to fight its own case, but we need each other's support, you know, in order to take this further.
1: And yeah. I think it, it, it is so important um, that, that when, when, when we talk about governments for the people, by mm-hmm. the people, what mm-hmm. does that then mean when the governments are the very ones who oppose their own people? When it Mm -hmm. comes to matters of Reparation, that is a discussion That needs to be had Uh, Let me Mm -hmm. just read a few of the messages Mfanabo MCB Mm -hmm. says, it seems like African governments are not interested In correcting the injustices Of the past, Captain Lule says um, Forum at 8, thank you very much For bringing back this discussion Uh, It is an important one Major General, uh, German government Is the judge, the jury and the Executioner in this case, Mm -hmm. the talks Are pretty flawed, Namibian government is getting greedy it seems Uh, Bungum Zumara says the West is well today On the backs of ill-gotten riches from all over the world and they must pay. Dumisani Mukwena says the damage done by the Germans is severe and disastrous and money won't be enough to correct the wrongs. Um, Kululego uh, Sonsalo says there are governments and there are proxy governments near colonialism. uh, This perhaps is what's at play. And uh, Joanda Flanders says uh, Esther Muyangui highlights lessons for indigenous people to mobilize and to pursue reparation and not to rely on governments to do that for them. So, some of the comments coming through, and um, we have run out of time, will you believe? But uh, let me just say thank you once again uh, to our guests. Thanks to Advocate Dumisa Sebeza for, um, you know, coming in there and uh, giving us that perspective from someone who has represented people seeking reparations. And also thanks to our guest, um, uh, Dr. Marjorie Jobson, here in our Joburg studio, as well as Esther Muyangui, uh, an Herero activist and a lecturer in social work in the Faculty of Human Science at the University of Namibia. And of course what would the show be without the listeners and the production team? Thank you all so much uh, for making sure it all went well. It's nine o'clock now and time for the latest news with nomsam Luli.